0: Greetings and welcome to the Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jim. And we are fresh back from Togo and Benin.
1: Yep. Trying to get back acclimated to time zone here. Got back on Tuesday afternoon and trying to get our feet back under us.
0: Yeah. It was a little longer trip than usually we're gone seven days, something like that. Right. Uh, This was more like 12. I think I anyway got much more acclimated to the time difference right. over there and uh
1: which makes it harder coming back over here getting uh, yeah, flipped back around.
0: Exactly. Right. I was we got in got to the house probably Tuesday at uh around 4:30 or so and uh I was I was still having cobwebs yeah. all day yesterday. Sure. <laughs> kind of shot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it feels like you keep moving for yeah, a long time even after you get home. Yeah. You're still moving. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But uh happy to be with you guys again
1: yeah. after our time away and just want to give you guys a, uh just a kind of a snapshot of uh, what our time was like. Yeah. And uh yeah. 30 45 minutes here, however long uh, we spend together of those 12 days. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh we we've been making the trip over there um Pretty much once a year. Last year, we didn't go just because Pete and Carolyn weren't there, weren't available.
1: And we need Pete because he translates for us. Exactly. So that's a he's yeah. a key part of us going over yeah,
0: there. Yeah, their, their English proficiency isn't that good. And so really, Pete makes it possible for us right. to go over there and meet with the uh, LOKPA leaders. But
1: So we talk in English, and he translates into French, and then from French, it goes to LOKPA.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, so it's a bit clunky that right. way. Right, right. But um, you know, it's not it's not the ideal. You know, the ideal would be for us to actually live there and mm-hmm. know the language and you know speak the language and meet with them every week. And but we're not able to do that. And right. um, and I you know I, I think we're definitely seeing God you know use the way that we're working and the way that we're going about it. And I think we're definitely seeing growth and signs of people becoming established in the faith. And right. It's been really, really encouraging.
1: Yeah, I'd say for sure. Um, we got there and we went to Pete and Carolyn's house where they live in Sokode. And then the next day we traveled uh, farther north in Togo and then northwest or northeast over into Benin. Right. And then uh, the following day we began teaching. Uh, we talked through the first 10 lessons of knowing God. Right. And before we started teaching, we asked some questions. Uh, you know what? What impact have they uh, seen all the teaching that they've had? Mm-hmm. You know, in their lives personally, mm-hmm. but then also in their in their lives of their churches. And so it was really encouraging to hear the feedback. Yeah, that a number of number of the both men and women gave because they were there as couples.
0: Yeah, and you you wrote up some of the a little bit of that feedback. I did. Yeah. So yep. what were
1: yeah, so initially, um, just read a couple of them here. I won't take the time to go through all of them. But um, um, they see that they used to be teaching everywhere in the Bible, but now through teaching chronologically, their understanding is more clear. Um, example is with uh, with tithing and giving, it comes out of the Word of God in the context where it is in the Bible. So we talked about that on previous podcasts. Just the benefit and why we teach uh, progressively, chronologically, and systematically. So here's here's an example of a guy saying that they were teaching, you know, topically, right? This topic, that topic, this location in the Bible, that location in the Bible. But here they're seeing that just a real impact of teaching systematically and, and chronologically and progressively, right? Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and so it's not only the aspect of. Teaching from all over the place, <clears throat> but there's also great confusion, uh, you know, that was existing in, in in their understanding of a lot of those topics, right. a lot of those doctrines, and right. one of the main ones was just eternal security. Right. I mean, that's that's one of the one of the main testimonies we heard from all of them that the gospel has become clear. Yeah.
1: One uh, thing here I had written down from somebody else: assurance of salvation was very hard to accept he sees that people are really gaining the assurance of salvation now feels like the bi-monthly meetings have been very helpful in helping them to grow in their and their understanding and then their teaching and in their assurance of salvation so uh, the issue uh, and that's that's african-wide right you know eternal security and assurance of salvation is something that yeah people struggle with a lot
0: because yeah. here's the reality <clears throat> you know You have, you know, the world is filled with how many denominations, you know, different denominations that all put their twist on, you know, doctrine and use of the Bible. And, and it's, it's extremely easy to pull verses together from all over the Bible to formulate whatever kind of view you want to have, you know, whatever, whatever doctrine you support, whatever you think is the truth. And, and people do that all the time. And. And so when, when that's, when that's your, you know, when that's how you teach and disciple, well, it, it, you know, though you can make it look like it's coming from the Bible, they can turn around and find another guy that's using the same Bible, Mm -hmm. but different verses to say the exact opposite. Right. And so it just looks like you're just formulating your view and your opinion, your doctrine, what you hold to. But when you begin at the beginning, and you focus on God, and you're and you're unfolding the Word of God, you know, in terms of God's interaction with man and what He's revealing about Himself, and 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 really what He's revealing about man. Then you you know, and you and you see you know you you see this you know this grace of God being manifested through His interaction with mankind over and over and over and over. Okay, right. well this isn't just. Putting verses together to formulate a view to formulate you know an an opinion right this is what God's manifesting about himself that's right and so it, it just has all the difference in the world
1: yeah, and so the and so for big picture background, we've been working with this local group for fourteen fifteen years, yeah, some degree, sorry with Born a smaller that,
0: yeah closer to twenty
1: I think. Yeah, starts with 18. a small group of the key leaders and then we broadened yeah. it and started meeting with the whole group. Right. And so um started with creation of Christ. Mm-hmm. and then position in Christ, right. acts, Romans, Ephesians, mm-hmm. uh 1st Timothy mm-hmm. and this, this time was the first 10 lessons of knowing God. So it so to your point, you know there's been that starting in the beginning and that that big uh, right. unfolding yeah. of the Progressive and, and chronological unfolding of the scriptures, right, yeah, yeah, yep,
0: yeah, and then while we were there, after some of them sharing some of the testimonies of how this teaching has been affecting them and affecting their ministries, we asked about um, are there other you know other churches other other churches among other groups, other language groups right. that have begun to contact you that have begun to see the effects that this is having in your churches and and it was interesting there in our in our conference mm-hmm. there were church leaders from four other language groups right right that have been you know been impacted through their relationship with the lopa leaders and mm-hmm. and hearing these testimonies and hearing how the teaching and you know has been affecting them and establishing their churches and realizing that you know this is something they don't have and and want it right and and we actually met with the leaders of
1: Two different ones. Two different groups yeah. that
0: want to begin translating the lessons into right. their language. That's right. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Yeah. So they have heard about the teaching uh, from Bernard and yeah. different people in different uh, contexts of in their areas. Yeah. And so Bernard opened the opportunity for these uh, these different people to come in. So it was their first time. Yeah. And uh, when we were, like you said, when we were done, they came up to us and, and said that they wanted to start translating the lessons. Yeah. Um, enter, enter their own language, yeah. and we were, you know, super excited about yeah. it. Amen. And they, you know, they're they're going to own the translation of it, hmm. and um, they and look to the Lord to put some sort of a little little translation team together to start to yeah. translate the lessons <clears throat> in their in, in their languages like the Lokba have in, in right. there. Yeah.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same thing we saw happen in Kenya with the Pokot. The Pokot guys that we have been working with for many years they have really good relationships with the leaders of churches from a couple other neighboring people groups and you know through the years that they have been invited to speak at their conferences uh and and shared about grace and the finished work of christ and how not only justification is by grace but sanctification is by grace and laying that out and you know these church leaders and these other people groups realizing we've never heard this before. We've never heard this truth before. Where right. where do you? You know. So then they tell them about these set of chronological lessons that help them lay it out. Right. And and the same things happening there. They've been Zacchaeus and those guys have been working with the leaders of two other language groups, the Sangwer and the Mariquet, mm-hmm. to help them translate the lessons into their languages as well. Right. And so it's super exciting to see the same thing happening now in togo and benin and
2: right
1: yeah so. <clears throat> yeah not only is it um impacting their churches but one note that i have here says it's having an impact in husband and wife relationships right yeah. and um so uh and that that's a wonderful thing yeah you know not only uh are there you know churches growing but they're personally growing right. in, in their own relationships with the Lord. Yeah. And this, this gentleman said specifically in their relationships yeah. with their spouses. Yeah. I that was really encouraging.
0: And I think that's, you know, that, that, to me that really highlights um, the heart and focus of, you know, the, the, the foundational chronological teaching. You know, that the focus <clears throat> the focus is on God, you know, who predetermined this eternal plan of redemption before the foundations of the earth that, you know, that, that includes every aspect of salvation, you know, justification, sanctification, our future glorification, and how Jesus is the provision for every part of it. Right. Not every part of it is by grace. And so, you know, when you get to the, you know, being saved from the power of sin, which is, you know, daily sanctification that you know the the whole focus the whole emphasis is is resting and trusting in the results of the finished work of Christ that's what that's what enables us to walk by faith faith in those facts and and that's that's how we walk in the spirit mm-hmm. by faith in those facts and the more we learn to walk in the spirit through faith in those facts and the less we walk under the reign and control of the flesh the more it 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 affects every aspect of our life you know our marriage relationships or uh, parent child relationships relationships with coworkers because you're walking more in the spirit and less in the flesh right. and that becomes manifested in every aspect of your life and so you know the the the, the focus of of the teaching and the discipleship isn't isn't you know identifying what you know, what your issues are, what your sin issues are, what your fleshly strongholds are. And then, you know, teaching to try and change those, stop living like this, stop doing this, stop acting like this and start doing, you know, I think that's kind of typical discipleship today, but it's, it's, it, it first lays this foundation of what it means to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And as that foundation is in place and as, you know, as we're doing that by faith, well, these things start to drop off in our lives. It doesn't right. mean that you never, you never talk about it. You never right. sure. highlight it. You know, identify it as mm-hmm. a manifestation of the flesh. But the soar, you know, the, the solution isn't to focus on the fleshly strongholds. The solution is foundational. Right. Walk in the spirit, not right. the flesh. Right. And and so it's it's even though we haven't really gone over there and held a marriage conference. Right. Right. Still. Because because the teaching is foundational and they're learning to walk less in the flesh and more in the spirit, it's affecting their marriages. Right, right. And so that's 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 really incredible. Yeah, yeah. A quote
1: just to go along with exactly what you're saying. Just this, again, when we were there, the opening morning there, these guys are giving testimonies. I'm just sitting there typing away as quick as I can. So uh, this was said: grace and position in Christ has impacted uh, such that God can. Um, use them because they are in Christ, and Christ is in them, because they're worth, and because of their worth and who they are before God, hmm. and so they're seeing that. Uh, just what you're saying yeah. about it's it's about how God views them and them viewing your viewing themselves hmm. based on how God views them and walking in light of that, hmm. yeah. personally impacting them. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. So there was about. Um, uh what was it? Eighty, ninety people, Okpa, uh folks in in this part?
0: Pete said there was hundred and ninety. And and then with wow. the yeah, then with the Bible school students, um, and then the others from other other groups, he was uh he was saying over two hundred.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's far more than what I Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean in the past they've you know, it was 60 pastors and their wives, right? You know, so like 120, but and that's just kind of what I've always, yeah, you know, the numbers that, but yeah, I mean, that's what Pete was saying, so yeah, yeah, and so we, you know, the whole reason we went and taught the uh, the knowing God lessons was because um, they Pete has been uh, working with a guide uh, to get it translated into French. Right. And then Bernard has been working at that and the translation team working at translating them into Lokpa and they had the first 10 lessons ready to go. And so he wanted us to come over and teach those 10 lessons and we got through nine. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, um, it was really, it was really encouraging. And when, and when we got to the end again, we asked, you know, any, if anybody had any testimonies mm-hmm. to share. And um there was probably six or eight different people that shared testimonies. And um two of them that um really stood out to me uh were two ladies and, and these are these are the wives of pastors. Okay, so they've been <laughs> they've been, you know, part of the leadership of a local church for right. many, many, many years. Sure, Both of them time. were older. Um the first lady um, she was just sharing that they just, they've just had a lot of hardship. Um, and they, they, apparently they live in a place where there's a lot of snakes because she was, one of the things that she was highlighting is the hardships and stress mm-hmm. with these, uh, family members getting bit by snakes. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking garter snakes and black snakes. We're talking black mambas and right. green, green mambas yeah. and, you know, vipers and some, you know, very, very poisonous snakes. Right. Um, And just that week, um, her son got bit by a snake. Right. And, and she said, um, she said that I came in bitterness towards God because of some very difficult circumstances that he's allowing. And then she, you know, highlighted these things. And then the latest thing was, you know, her son getting bit by a snake and why God would allow this. So she said, I, I, i I came here in bitterness, but I'm returning in joy and confidence of his love for mm-hmm. me and just uh you know just from hearing those nine lessons and 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 seeing this manifestation of the love of God for mankind mm-hmm. you know i mean that's mm-hmm. before the foundations of the earth you know he he had this you know this plan to right. create you know to create. Man create this universe, yeah. create all that he created. He knew what we were going to become, and before he created a thing, he already predetermined this eternal plan of redemption. Right? You know, it's just a, an amazing manifestation of his yeah. love. And you know, First John four, I think, is just huge. It you know, it says that God is love, and it's just a very simple statement, but right. I think it's just really, really profound that it's what it means is it's the essence of who he is. Right. Right. You know, and I think it's something that goes kind of goes over our heads because we're not love. We, we only love those that, you know, we think deserve to be loved or those that are lovable. When somebody becomes unlovable, you know, we stop loving, you know, our love is very conditional, but the essence of who God is, is love. And so he's never, he's never without love. He's never not manifesting love. what he does is never is it's never for any other reason or purpose than love. It's right. always motivated by love. And, and so we were, you know, really emphasizing sure. that through yeah. those lessons. And, and so for her to come away with that view and that yeah. testimony was extremely gratifying, right. you know, just right. really moving. Another lady, uh, an older lady, um, She's another pastor's wife. Um, she shared that she is, has a lot of health issues now in her life, and she said actually she's been sickly all her life, you know, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. as a kid. And, and her view has been that she has just felt that God is punishing her and doesn't like her, Yeah, you know, yeah. This, that he just allows, has allowed her to be sickly and have these health issues all of her life, and so God must not like me. He's punishing me um and she said even to the point of often telling him to just take just take my life mm. you know I, mm. I i'm so miserable you don't like me you're punishing me. just take my yeah, life yeah but she said today <clears throat> today i know he dearly loves me and i must reject any thoughts that are otherwise yeah, yeah. you know and so to just you know again you know here's this woman that has this long history in her life of of feeling that God doesn't like her right you know right. and 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 then to just hear nine lessons, yeah, and you know that the focus of those lessons were such a manifestation of the heart of God and the love of God that she would you know after all this long history and years and years and years and years, and years of viewing god in this in this way right. To to say, I you know I, I know he loves me. I'm confident right. in his love for me. I mean, it doesn't mean that she's not gonna, you know, struggle so, this week right. again with it. But just that you know she began to have her eyes open that you know that the God that she has come to view and the what she has come to believe that he is mm-hmm. like isn't right. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. and so it was again just extremely encouraging to me. Yeah, you know that for her to, you know, for these folks to share these testimonies and the teaching to have that kind of an impact.
1: Right. Right. There's no other there's no other person that uh we can have that kind of a relationship with. Even your spouse. Even our spouses. Right. And that's you know, that's the it can be oftentimes a relationship where there can be the most acceptance, not necessarily, but you know the most acceptance and the most unconditional love but even that falls short yeah you know there's nobody that is going to uh that is capable of loving us in such a way continually as god does right and has and i say sometimes that you know the most simplest of truths can have the most profound impact right because we're saying this thing and i would say that all of our listeners know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's nothing new. Sure. You know, things as, you know, one of the first things you learn as a believer is that you know God loves you. Yeah. But but what does it actually mean? Yeah. And um, when you really unpack that, and then look at it from the from the beginning and from before the beginning of time, uh, how that characteristic of God is there, and then how He shows it you know, through the word. Mm. It's, um, that's, uh, it's I was very thinking, incredible.
0: You know, when, when they were sharing these testimonies, I, I, you know, I just, I mean, I was just getting teary eyed myself, you know, just listening to it. And, um, you know, you think of all the reasons, you know, all the, all the purposes that people disciple, you know, mm-hmm. teach the Bible and disciple, you know, sometimes it's to, you know, heal a marriage, you know, or to bring a couple back together. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's often for the purpose of trying to, you know, change someone's behavior mm-hmm. in some way, you know, or to, you know, help them become more obedient in certain right. areas. And, 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 um, but, you know, to to teach God's word and disciple for the purpose of, of helping them realize how much God loves them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, I, I can right. think of no greater reason right. for teaching the Bible. Yeah. yep. I mean, here's these people, you know, even Bernard, uh, Adam, you know, Adam, Adam's one of the key leaders, uh, you know, a guy in his, I think he's in his seventies, um, something like that. Uh, he's been a, a missionary and a pastor for years and years and years, and teaching the Bible and discipling yeah. people for years and years and years. And he said, he said his view of God has been this distant, punishing, angry God.
2: Right? Yeah, he did. Well, if that's
0: yeah. if that's your view of God as a pastor, then that's going to affect you know how you're teaching people and how you're discipling right. them, and and you know, how you're seeking to motivate them to, you know, live the Christian life, you right. know, that it's going right. to be for the, you know, uh, be, to, to fear God. And be, if, if, you know, if you're not faithful, God's going to make this happen. Right. And God, you to know. avoid
1: punishment. Yeah. Right.
0: right. And, yeah. and you just think, you know, and then I just started to, you know, put myself in God's shoes a little bit, you know, just this, you know, here's this God who the essence of who he is is love. But he's constantly portrayed by people as as this distant, angry, punishing God, yeah yeah, I mean, just how that must I don't know, just how that must just grieve the heart of God, this extreme manifestation of his love, that you know that he predetermined this eternal plan of redemption before the foundations of the earth, all by grace and we just twist this view of him and this view of Christianity and we think just everything is about obedience and for the purpose of obedience and when we're not obedient he's going to whoop us and you know and 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 that's just what we make the christian life about right. and oh man it's just
1: yeah i don't know yeah so to lead people to a um a, a genuine desire to want God yeah. more than anything else,
0: right? Yep,
1: is really where um, I think is. I think that's where God wants us to go, and I think that's how He laid it out from the very beginning. Yeah, and oftentimes, you know, there's a million and one things that we want more than God, right? With you know, I don't even want to, you know, happiness yeah. or yeah. Even blessing from God, blessing, than, yeah. um, health, and yeah. um, easy life, or to see myself doing the right thing—you know—all these things we we can put and we can want more than God. Hmm. But God's wanting us to want Him more than any other thing. And again, that's probably not a new concept for us, right? Or even for our listeners, right? To want God more than anything else, right? But to to genuinely um, allow God to be working and bringing us to that point to where that's what that that's what we want because that's what we know he wants right it's just yeah that's yeah that's where that's where we're at with it yeah and that's where that's where we're looking to see God take people because we because we see in the scriptures like that's where god wants people to be right yeah
0: so. yeah i think it i think it highlights one of the biggest misunderstandings and miss um misconceptions about the christian life is the fact that you know god's designed the christian life to be a relationship and you know i heard that early on after i got right? saved and but all it really meant ever meant to me was <clears throat> was that yeah, I got saved, and now he's my Heavenly Father, and I'm now one of his children, and so I have this relationship. Well, yeah, there is the positional aspect to a relationship, but then there's also the daily living out of that relationship. Right. And, and and in order for me to live the Christian life as a relationship and not as a religion, it takes knowing God, knowing the heart of God, and what God is really like, and and what you know and and it begins with you know just this extreme manifestation of his love and grace and you know and 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 the fact that he wants a relationship you know i think the re, the relationship is more important to god than obedience not that obedience isn't important
1: right we're not saying but, it doesn't matter
0: yeah which of us right. you know who of us as parents would ever say well my kids hate me but at least they obey me Right, you know, the relationship with our kids is more important to us than their obedience mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want them to obey, we want them to do, sure. you know, live good lives and that kind of thing. But the relationship is most important, and and I and I think the you know the obedience and and faithfulness flows out of the relationship, right? And and it's, yeah. but I think you know modern day Christianity, we've made it all. We we're just teaching and discipling and leading people into a religion um right you know making it about service and about obedience and not about the relationship right and and so uh, it was just extremely fulfilling for me to that god would use us you know in this way to be able to go over there and just you know nine lessons from Mm -hmm. knowing god nine out of the 43 lessons And to begin to have, you know, that much of an impact in some of the people's lives and people that, you know, for decades have just been viewing God as angry and punishing and distant and, you know, beginning to be able to rejoice in a confidence, you know, that that he really genuinely loves them and delights in them. Yeah. And and so, Yeah. yeah, I just... Awesome.
1: yeah so that was our first part yep was the time with the lopa so we arrived there on um, sunday traveled monday to actually arrived there saturday night traveled sunday to pete and carolyn's mm-hmm. traveled monday over to benin <laughs> met with the lopa tuesday wednesday thursday like what we're describing right god gave us the opportunity to teach the nine lessons Over those three days. And then on um, Thursday, we, no, on Friday, we drove back to Soka Day, Mm -hmm. which is where Pete and Carolyn live. Right. And then on Friday night, we began another three days Friday night, all day Saturday. Then Sunday afternoon after church, we met with a new group. It was called the Tim. People group. Mm-hmm. Uh, now these these folks were all former Muslims, mm-hmm. and we had never met with them before. Right. It was a new group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete uh, had knew some of them better than others. Some of them had had to varying degrees of teaching about uh, positional truth and grace and finished work with the cross. Uh, some of them had had none, and so right. it was a very it was a diverse group. Mm-hmm. Probably twenty five people. Uh, something like that.
0: A lot of Pentecostal influence.
1: It was a real mm-hmm. mixed bag, right? That we he were... said
0: from six different locations around right. Togo, yeah. where they're working and ministering.
1: Yeah, so it was an organization of pastors from uh, various locations and various churches and organizations. Yeah. And, yeah, So it was, um, yeah. So, so what we the way that we started that out on Friday night. Was that we invited Bernard and um, and Jock Josh to um, come and open that up for us mm-hmm. because we felt like for them to hear a testimony from some other uh, Africans would be the way to start it out, right? And so we had those guys come and share the impact that the god had had in their lives through our involvement with them over you know 15 plus years right and so that was really i think helpful it was a great number one to hear bernard's testimony kind of kind of summarize all in you know maybe 30 45 minutes yeah and um and then i think also it, it really helped to segue into this new group it wasn't mm-hmm. just these you know white guys showing up yeah. with something to say it was you know validated right um, vetted so to speak by right. some other africans right yeah I, I appreciated what what bernard had to say
0: yeah and that was our purpose was yeah. so that they could you know because you know we were just with the lopa and we've been meeting with them for many many years and and you know for them to be able to just share firsthand of how the foundational teaching is genuinely impacting their churches and establishing people in the faith. I just think was a an important thing for these guys to hear um, kind of like Paul telling the Corinthians that you 're our epistle right you know it's kind of along that same lines you know just it it's not you know, like you said, just us showing up and putting a bunch of verses together and formulating our view and opinion and Right. You know, follow these seven steps to you know, freedom and ab- the abundant life. And, right,
1: right. Um, I won't read his whole thing, but let me just read yeah. a, l- a little bit Good. of it. Um, he says, When the message of the grace of God was first prevent- presented to them, many of us rejected it. We believed that it gave the license for a believer to take advantage of grace and do whatever they wanted, mm-hmm. essentially saying to abuse grace, right. which is not what we're saying. Right. Uh, he says this is not what it means. Still, we decided to listen to the message and to begin. We began to see the truth in what was being presented to us through the scriptures. Hmm. As we were taught through the Bible chronologically, we began to understand the heart of God for us and that it was not just someone's opinion. Hmm. It was clearly outlined in scripture that God truly loved us and that scripture presented a God of relentless grace who accepted us because of Christ and not because of our effort. He goes on to say, I used to work for God in order to gain God's acceptance. During this time, I was tired from the effort of this. I failed so much that I had my foot out the door of the church and I was ready to leave. When I first understood this message, I was prepared to receive it because of my failure now that i understand who god is i realize that i cannot gain god's acceptance and as a result i no longer work to gain his acceptance but he works through me in his grace hmm. and so that's a there's more to it there and and um, but just a wonderful testimony of his to you know what you know what god has done in his life and yeah. we've been involved with him for a long time and uh, maybe you remember this is bernard and he was here mm-hmm. for our conference. Right. In October, November. Yeah. So that's if you guys met Bernard, that's exactly who we're referring to here. Yeah. During our time there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then um and then after he and Jacques Jean shared um you know, then you and I started teaching and um and uh, I you know, I I first began with um just helping them understand you know, the big picture of, you know, when when Paul was meeting with the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, he said, I didn't shun to proclaim unto you the full counsel of God. And so just helping them understand with the full counsel of God, that it's, it's not just the Bible. You know, the Bible contains the full counsel of God, but you can teach the Bible in such a way that you're not laying out the full counsel of God. Mm-hmm. You know, and bottom line, it begins, you know, with what we've already said in the eternal... Uh, uh, the, this eternal uh, plan of redemption that God predetermined before the foundations of the earth, right. And, and so you know the, the whole context of the Word of God begins with God predetermining that plan before anything even existed. right. So then Genesis one is the beginning of God fulfilling that plan. and and it's the backdrop. the, the Everything in the Old Testament leading up to the Gospels is in preparation for the plan to be fulfilled. Jesus comes and fulfills it in the gospels and then acts through to the end of revelation as all the results of the, of the fulfilled plan. And so that eternal plan of redemption is the backdrop for all of the word of God. Right. And, and so, you know, in order to lay out the full counsel of God, the full plan of God, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Right. And so we laid that out for them. And, and so that's, you know, that highlights the importance of teaching foundationally and chronologically. I mean, without that, you don't get the chronology of God of that backdrop, of right. that big picture of God right. carrying out that plan. Right. And, you know, the way that most modern day teaching takes place is, you know, begin with the book of John and then move to this topic and then maybe this book and then that book and then back to the old testament and then this topic and it's, you know, not that that teaching doesn't contain some elements of truth, but you don't get the big picture of the full counsel of God by right. teaching that way. Right. And yeah. So.
1: Yeah. So what we did uh, on that Friday night, all day Saturday and then Sunday night after church, we had about, I think, 17 total hours mm-hmm. of teaching time. Right. Um, and so we shared that and Pete translated and had another a young man also helping with the translation so we did it that way we you laid out that session and then we started in the beginning we started in genesis mm-hmm. unfolded uh genesis and how god showed himself in the very beginning right in genesis before even the creation of man right which is a wonderful picture of god's grace yeah. you know god doing for man what man could not do for himself because man wasn't even around, right. wasn't even created yet, yep. and so we set the stage as God mm-hmm. sets the stage that way, and then just w- rolled through, you know, God's interaction with mankind, and then we we kept it uh, chronologically. Right. You know, we uh, then you moved on to uh, God's um, uh, working with uh, Abraham. Hmm. And Lot, God's mm-hmm. interaction with Abraham, Lot and Abraham through those stories. And then we looked at uh Jesus' discipleship of Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus' interaction with Peter. Mm-hmm. And then um then we closed it out on Sunday. Uh our session on Sunday. We went ahead and walked our way through uh, Romans five and, and six and seven and a little bit on in the eight. Mm-hmm. And so we tried to give them a big picture mm-hmm. because it was their first exposure. You know, you can't do everything in that amount of time, but we just kind of we tried to paint, you know, broad strokes mm-hmm. as to what, what the whole thing's about uh, starting in the beginning and then we ended, we're not critical, you know, Romans 5 through 8 are. Mm-hmm. So what I appreciated about it was that there was a lot of dialogue with them about it, and they would intentionally – we teach, mm-hmm. then we would take a break for 15, 20 minutes. Then when we came back again, they would intentionally have time for questions. Yeah. And and there were lots of questions, and the questions were really, really, really good. Yeah. And, and s- typical. And typical. Yeah, exactly right.
0: Exactly what Bernard said they thought at the beginning when they first heard this teaching.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. And it was, yeah, Bernard said that. He initially thought it was heretical. Right. And it was, you know, crazy, bizarre, off the mark that we're teaching licentiousness. Right. That we're teaching that, you know, believers can go out and sin all they want and it doesn't matter, which is not what we're saying, which is not what we're communicating. Right. And we hadn't gotten through, we hadn't even finished Friday night. No. And somebody was saying that about what we were saying. Right. And so we said, no, 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 that's not what we're saying. And here sits Bernard. Saying yeah. that was their first response. Yeah, all these years ago when they heard it. Yeah. So it was it was just really neat to watch all that. Yeah, uh, unfold. Yeah. first while we were. Yeah, while we were there, and not only,
0: and and and, and not only, not you know, I mean that that response to, um, you know, grace teaching, is so typical that in. Romans six one, mm-hmm. Paul knows that that's what people are going to be asking. Oh, right. so where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. So should we just you know continue to live in sin that grace would abound all the more? Right. And that's you know exactly what he knew people right. would think is being said. Right. And you know he answers that question in verse two. Right. God forbid. Right. We're 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 dead to sin, so yeah. it doesn't make sense to keep living in sin.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are their questions Friday night, yeah. and on into Saturday morning. Yep. And so, again, we took the chronological, you know, approach as best we could, trying to give it broad strokes. Right. And they kept coming back to the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, kept coming back, you know, how does the law fit in here? How does the law fit in here? And right. we we said, just hang with us. You yeah. Know, just let us. <laughs> um. We're gonna, gonna, we're, gonna, will, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get come. to that. Yeah. Just just <laughs> let us just let us keep teaching. Let us keep going through the lessons, and then when we when we got to six, like you said, mm-hmm. you know. Should so we some of the lessons
0: we were using to highlight this after um, I did the first intro part, then we began to move into some of the first few lessons in in from our knowing God lessons. Right. Um, you you began at the beginning um, with and focusing on creation mm-hmm. um, and just how it was just a manifestation of God's grace from the very beginning. And then we moved into the life of Abraham right, and showing God's interaction with Abraham. And right. he was, you know, he was an idol worshiper living among idol worshipers. And, you know, God in his grace decided he wanted Abraham to be the one that he brings about the nation of Israel mm-hmm. through, you know, and use him in his plan. And as God, you know, is communicating to him and choosing him, um, God's also giving him uh, just expanded view of who God is right. and what God is like and growing him in the knowledge of God as he was using him in his plan. Right. And throughout his life, you see times of being able to trust God and times of not being able right. to trust God. And, and to where, you know, towards the end... He, his confidence in God had grown to the point where he was he was willing to follow through with sacrificing his son, you know, having full confidence. Well, God promised that, right. you know, I, I'm going to have this son, This the fulfillment of this promise is going to be through Isaac. Mm-hmm. God said that. So if God has me sacrifice him, then God must be planning to bring him back to life. Right, right. And actually says that's what, you know, in Hebrews 11, yeah. that what Abraham actually concluded. Right. And so it just really shows this this growing in the knowledge of God, you know this this growing ability to trust God that was directly tied to him growing in the knowledge of God.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that seemed to communicate. Yeah. I mean, to right to the people that were there, right. because again, we're not making it up. Right. No, we're just right. reading through yeah. God's interaction with yeah. Abraham. Right. And um and then we moved immediately on into Jesus' interaction with Peter. Right. Which we knew, you know, Peter, it's it's very similar way. Sometimes Peter trusted God, sometimes Peter didn't. Right. And his life was full of God showing him that he couldn't rely upon himself and that his only hope was to trust in God. Yeah. As we know, he comes to the, you know, the climax of his failures where he— Uh, after telling Jesus that I'll I'll die for you, he denies him three times. Goes out and weeps bitterly. Right, and um, you know many of us would say, well, that's that disqualifies Peter. Mm. You know, that's that's it. You know, he can't be used by by Christ anymore, and mm. he's he's finished. Right, and uh, but we know we know that's absolutely not the case. That mm-hmm. do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. Do you love me. Feed my sheep. You love me. Feed my sheep. And then he's you know we move on into Acts. Then, um you know, God used him to share those two mm-hmm. wonderful messages you know, as yeah. we move into the into the book of acts
0: and it seemed like that was a a really key lesson for them, you know, leading up to that, they were still wanting to emphasize obedience and faithfulness and you know faithful living, godly living as as being you know what God has called us to or what you know the like the main goal of the Christian life and discipleship and and but once once we you know we traced the the life of Peter you know through the gospels and Jesus' interaction with him mm-hmm. and just you know showed over and over and over that Peter was constantly trusting in his own solutions right. and his own understanding, these situations would arise. He's immediately going to, you know, the solutions that make sense to him. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus constantly showing him, Peter, you can't trust yourself. You can right. only trust me. Right. All the way to the end of him, you know, vehemently proclaiming a greater level of devotion than all the other disciples. Right. Well, even if they all desert you, I never will. You know, and, and, and then, you know, this and then him failing and but then just showing that. This needed to happen, yeah, in yeah. order to 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 break him from trusting and hoping and depending upon himself, mm-hmm. and moving him to rest and trust solely upon Christ and the finished work of Christ. This this failure had to happen. Right, it's, it's a part of God's discipleship. Right, right. And so then, just you know, trying to help them understand that, you know, God's doing the same work in our lives right. today. Right. Right. That he's not working to make us faithful and obedient, independent of the finished work of Christ. Right, right. If he did that, we would, you know, he would just make us self-righteous and independent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he's not gonna he's not gonna work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna do the exact opposite and yeah. let us fail so that we recognize we can't trust in ourselves, we can't right. hope in ourselves. Right. Our only hope is Him.
1: Yeah. And, and what we kept communicating to the people is that um, it's, we're not saying that it's okay and just go out and fail all you want to right, do. Right, we're not no. saying that to go out and to intentionally fail. No. And just go screw up and go do this and it doesn't matter.
0: But and, we're going to fail.
1: And because that's what they were worried about. <laughs> right. You know, there was always this tension. Right. Um, yeah. And it was a good tension yeah, through those couple of days. Sure. But so we're not saying just run out and fail all you want and that it doesn't matter and abuse yeah. grace. Yeah. But what we were saying is, and we are saying, is that God uses those failures yeah. to show us that he wants a life of dependency upon him, yeah. and it's a, we have to trust him. Yeah. And so it was, and I agree, I mean, just walking through the stories. Yeah. Again, because if God has to do that work in Abraham's life, and God has to do that work in Peter's life, yep. I'm no exception. No, For me to think no. that Oh well, Abraham needed it, and Peter needed it. Yeah, but I don't need it. Yeah. Woe to me! Yeah. <laughs> i mean, right. these are the two biblical greats. I mean, yeah. so what in the world would I be thinking? Yeah, if um, I'm not also going to have to go through the same, yeah. if not a super similar, you know, process.
0: They're they're questioning. It was really good. I, I think it was really good for us, and it made us, you know, go the extra mile and clarifying. Right, and I think you know, one of the, one of the clarifications that came out, you know, because it just, it makes you think, you know, it makes you, okay, how can I, how can I reword this? How can I make this clearer? And I remember, you know, one of the sessions and just, you know, explaining to them that, look, because their emphasis is always on obedience and faithfulness. And, you know, look, God is, God is absolutely holy and mankind is absolutely fallen and our sin separates us from God, and so God isn't out just to make us obedient and faithful. Obedience and faithfulness doesn't doesn't make us holy. God has made us holy. Right, that's what He's done. Right. He's made us holy through the finished work of right. Christ. You that's know, right. Hebrews ten says, "By one offering you've been made holy for right. all time." And and so yeah. he's he hasn't just he's not just trying to make us obedient. He's made us holy.
1: Right. I was reading this morning that uh, we've been chosen in him before the foundation of the world to be holy. Right. Exactly the same thing.
0: And, and, but he, he makes us holy through our, our identification with Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an issue of identity. You know, we were yeah. born in Adam, unholy, unrighteous, condemned, the moment we accepted Christ as our Savior we're taken out of Adam and we're placed into Christ and in Christ we are made holy if you're mm-hmm. in Christ you are holy so it's an issue of identity right and so the the works and the faithfulness the obedience is the outflow of what he has made us it's the outflow of that identity right you know and, and an, an illustration that we were giving over and over and over was just the our our physical you know our physical identity and mm-hmm. our ethnicity and you know, just ask them many questions about you know when did you become Tem, right? You know, when did you become a Tem, mm-hmm. a Tem person? Mm-hmm. You know, when did that become your ethnicity? Mm-hmm. Well, at conception, at birth, and it
1: wasn't when they could speak Tem, right? It Was when they you know, behaved right. in a right. certain way, or ate a certain food, or dressed a certain way, right? It was when they were born, right? Right.
0: It, you know, did 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 growing up and learning to speak Tem and eat Tem food mm-hmm. make you more Tem, right? No, they were as, temp as they were ten as they're ever going to be at conception. Right. But that identity then determined a lot of those. It determined the language they grew up right. to speak. It determined the a lot of the cultural beliefs that they grew up with. It yeah. determined a lot of the food that they've gone on to eat because uh, of of that identity that they were born with. Right. And this is right. exactly, you know, us in the Christian life yeah. that yeah. We, it begins with our identity and our and God has made us holy. Right. And so it's understanding that and, and what our identity consists of and what we've been given and faith in those facts and confidence in that, then that empowers us to be obedient and faithful. Right. That's right. And so that was, you know, that was yeah. our whole focus and clarifying for them that, yeah. you know, we're not saying obedience and faithfulness isn't important, but right. what we're saying is, is,
1: you know, the way it's fulfilled. Yeah, and, and
0: there's important. a much, but there's a much deeper purpose that God has than just making us good people. Right, right. It's making us holy. It's yeah. it's making us holy so that we can have a relationship with Him.
2: It's yeah. not it's not yeah. just
0: you know making us good so He can bless us. Right. It's right. for the purpose of this relationship and closeness and communion. And yeah, He has a much deeper purpose and goal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, you know, we ended with Romans six and seven a little bit into eight, and started off in halfway through five. Yeah. Um, so, you know, walking through six, uh, it showed them that mm-hmm. their freedom from sin comes through their new identity, yeah. because of their identification with Christ. They're dead, dead to sin, and alive unto God. Mm-hmm. And so that again, coming back to their identity, our, our identity, not only theirs but ours as well, that's where we find you know, true freedom Mm -hmm. from sin. And then we, you know, he ended um, Sunday night in seven and then a little bit into eight. And there was all this tension about the law Mm -hmm. and questions after questions after questions about the law. And then just, you know, it's very clear there that, you know, because of our death with Christ, you know, we've been released from the law to serve in the newness of the spirit not in the oldness of the letter yeah. which is as it says yeah. very clear and early on in, in, in Romans 7 and then I think I, you know it's up to the, obviously it's up to the spirit of God and how they will God will move them forward with it but they seem to they seem to get it they seem to catch it a bit and they seem to be that God had brought them at ease with with a lot of their questions mm-hmm. by Sunday night, yeah, and um, yeah, so i'm just thankful to the Lord for the time yeah and it Amen. was a, it was a good time, a new group of people and yeah, and it was a beginning God, God God will be God with them, yeah, the same way, right. he exactly. has with us right <laughs> so,
0: yeah absolutely yeah, and that's part of the reason of wanting to you know not only go and teach these truths but also leave them with You know, these lessons that become a tool for them, you know, to God not only to use in their lives as they're studying through them to lay a foundation in the lives of the people that they've been called to teach and disciple, but God also uses it in their lives to grow them in their faith and their understanding of these truths as they prepare to teach others. That's right. I mean that's exactly what God did in my life, you know, in working with the Karen people in Thailand. As I was preparing those lessons and translating them into their language, I mean He was growing me, you know, in my understanding of these truths at the same time, and and so we have absolutely, you know, every every you know, all confidence that He's going to do that same thing with them as they. Yeah, just through.
1: to highlight what you said. I mean, our confidence is in God yep. for sure, right? But we did take over a bunch of lessons, right? And uh, Pete had had some uh, lessons translated and and uh, and printed off too. Mm. So it was nice to you know a lot of them were taking vigorous notes the whole time, but it is nice to be able to leave them, you know, leave them some lessons as we left on Sunday evening, and that we did. But our you know, about our confidence really is in the Lord to to spiritually communicate to them the things that they've been freely given yeah. uh, by God. So, yeah.
0: one, of the, um, one of the TEM leaders at the end shared, this really encouraged and strengthened my faith. I'm a very principled person. Sometimes people like me who value our principles can become legalistic. And working with villagers who are, diffi- who are difficult and need time to be brought along has really taught me the need for grace. Just today I was with another person who is coming along very slowly in the faith. If I had been strong and harsh on him, he may have walked away. Sometimes our focus on discipline leads to creating more hypocrites in the church. And people are afraid of discipline, so they don't share the things they are struggling with. So instead of taking personal responsibility for our actions, we blame Satan in order to make our sins seem like it's not our fault. Not everything we attribute to Satan is of Satan. Yes, there is discipline, but we need to highlight more of the grace of God and his focus Mm -hmm. on restoration.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it yeah, so was good. I also wanted to say, um, you know, just to our listeners, we really want to thank Pete and Carolyn. Yeah. You know, they um they yeah. took great care know, of us. Great care of us. You know, we met Pete at the airport and then he dropped this off at the airport and there was a lot of yeah. logistics, it was a lot of driving, it was a lot of just keeping track of things um yeah. financial records and you know he was he was super busy and and uh, they took good care of us and when we we stayed at their house for um one night on our way out and then three nights on our way three or four nights on our way back yeah. out and um we'd go and teach and we'd come back and carry on and have a great meal yeah. prepared for us just to yeah. physically through yeah. you know the means of food just to get kind of get us re-nourished again and so i'm diabetic
0: and so she was constantly asking what i can eat and what i can't eat and you know just showing care and concern for you know what i was eating and and all that and just yeah very very thanks to them yeah that
1: really really made um that was this that was the second half of the trip and and um so it was nice to valentine's day have some valentine's day cookies yeah right (laughs) that was enjoyable yeah i enjoyed those yeah so yeah yeah that
0: was great so yeah i think that pretty much summarizes encapsulates the you know the the trip and the focus of the trip and definitely uh, believe that it was um very profitable trusting god to use it in their lives as he sees fit to you know keep moving them uh towards um you know, a greater understanding of him and who he is and what he's like and establishing them in the faith. Right. And so we just continue to pray for him. Yep. And uh, now we're moving on to prepare to go to Malawi.
1: Yeah, I go to Malawi in less than a month. Yeah. So I was communicating with John this morning about, and Cedric, Cedric will meet us there about logistics. Yeah. So yeah, we'll look to turn around and go there in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. Thank you all for listening, and uh, thank you very much for your prayers.
1: Yep. Take care. Yeah.